certainly glad that my wife and I caught the plane at 6 o'clock this morning because I looked at the weather a while ago. And, buddy, it is snowed in back yonder where we came from. Where we were is a good place to be from. (laughs) Amen. And I am glad that uh, we are here. You heard the story, I'm sure, about the rich farmer. We'll be preaching out of Malachi 3.10 and Proverbs 3. Probably heard about the rich farmer. Lived in the community where the church in the community was absolutely going through tremendously difficult times. So the preacher went and presented a need to the rich farmer to help with the things at the church. It was about to go, I mean, bankrupt. So the farmer began to explain to him, I guess you know that just recently my father passed away and my mother is confined to a very expensive old folks home. And besides that, my son just got married and his wife is sick and he cannot work. And that is a tremendous obligation. And besides that, my wife is a spendthrift and I have much monthly obligations to take care of her. And this farm is a tremendous expense. I don't know if you have any idea what the overhead is here at the farm. And my taxes are due. And I want to ask you something, preacher. If I'm not going to pay any of that, why do you think I ought to give you something? You'll get it after a while. We ought to talk to you about tithing a little while tonight. Amen. All right. I'm going to tie two two scriptures together for you tonight. Malachi 3 and verse 10. I'm not going to get in verse 8, 7, any of that about the curse or what have you. Take your Bible. Look at Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Of course, I explained this morning about the tithe. I told you this morning why we should give to support the work of God. Because God demands it. And uh, giving is the right place where we ought to give. God demands that the place be the storehouse. You remember that? And the reason why we should give, God says that you might have meat in my house. And that we might prove God that God is who he said he was. And if he will not open the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing tonight going to talk to you on why I should tithe, give you six reasons why everyone tonight should be a constant, regular tither if you are a member or if you've been saved by the grace of God. All right, verse 10 of Malachi, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. The Bible says that there may may be meat in my house. 
Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. How many tonight would agree with me that the tithe is commanded in the Word of God? Amen. I mean, I'll show you a little while uh, just how, how, how demanding it is from the Lord. But I want you to look at Proverbs 3 for just a minute. In your Bible, Proverbs 3. And uh, I want you to look at this, please. Now, if you and I were to spend a lot of time in the Word of God, we would see over and over again that God blesses giving. God is a giving God. Anybody who has been saved to God should take on the nature of God. And the nature of God is that he is a giving being. And you cannot see any place in the Bible where that God says he loves you, that he is not given to you. Now, let, I'm, let me ask you again. How many of you would even slightly might believe that tithing is commanded in the word of God? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Now, verse one of chapter three of the book of Proverbs. My son, forget not my law and let thine heart keep my commandments forget not my law deals with the mind don't forget so God here is speaking to the head and then he said but thine heart keep my commandments now he's dealing with the heart the heart and the head someone has said when God gets your heart he also gets your wallet If God gets your heart, he will also have your wallet. Now notice, if you would please. Again, how many of you believe that maybe tithing might be suggested in the word of God? Look here. He says, but let thy heart keep my commandments. Okay, Lord, what's in it for me? Verse two. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Is that worth 10%? Yes, sir. sir. That means your days will be longer, your life will be longer, and all your life you'll have peace with God. That only costs 10%. You say, I can't afford it. Man, you must make a lot of money. That's cheaper than buying Valium. Amen. Well, let's go on. But let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Truth and mercy. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thy heart. So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. You know why, folks? Take God's tithe and does something else with it? Because they reason that in their own understanding. Trust in God 
with a tithe as a matter of putting it on the line and say, God, it's yours now. You do with it what you said you'd do with it. I bet right here tonight there's people who have sat down and looked at the checkbook and said, boy, I tell you, it just don't stretch this week. And I know God will understand because we need to pay our bills and we need to keep our testimony right with God. And I, I just believe that it would be right to pay your bills and God will understand. Now, I know no one here has ever done that, but I have met folk up north that does that. <laughs> trust. Tithing is a matter of trust. Tithing is a matter of faith. Tithing is a matter of laying it in the plate and says, God, you'll take care of the rest of it. Tithing, believing that God means what he says when he says, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, shall not be room enough to receive trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And whatever you do, don't lean into thine own understanding. But in all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. Before you buy that thing, you can't afford to ask God about it. Before you buy that, which is going to take God's offering and God's tithe and leave you nervous and unsure and uneasy. Before you do that, why don't you ask the Lord and allow him to direct your path? Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and myra to thy bone. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. That's the tithe, the first fruits, 10%. What will happen if I do that? So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. You say, I don't have any barns. Start tithing. <laughs> We're talking about an agricultural society now. Please, and may the application be that appropriate to your situation. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy with the first fruits of thy increase, and so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. What a wonderful promise those verses are. Now let me tonight answer the question in six reasons why, why I, I'm not talking about you, but why I should give God his tithe. Talking about me, not you now. Okay? And I'll try to find these in the word of God. Six reasons why I should be a regular tither. Number one, God commands it. Malachi 3.10, he didn't suggest that we bring it. He didn't say if you could afford it. He didn't say if you get around to it. He didn't say if you think it's right or not right. God just says, bring it, buddy. And that's all there is to it. Amen. God commands it. And I believe with all my heart, he means it, don't you? Why I should tithe, God 
commands it. And that's Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. And I just believe if God said it, that settles it. Amen. If I do not tithe, then I belligerently look God in the face and say, I'm going to do what I want to do like I want to do it when I want to do it. And what you say does not count. By the way, that means you young folk too. That's right, amen. You say, well, I don't have any money. Maybe if you'd start tithing, you'd get some. Amen. amen. Go ask your daddy next Sunday. This is a dirty trick. And I wouldn't do this except I'm feeling kind of cantankerous. Kids, next Sunday, go ask your daddy and mama. Let me see your envelope before you put it in. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that dirty, ain't it? Is that dirty or what? Amen. And then daddy and mama say to the kids, well, didn't I give you some allowance this week? Let me see your envelope. Amen. It ain't time to pray, kids. Look up. Why should I tithe? Not you now. Why should I tithe? Number one, God commands it. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. It says all the tithe of the land is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. If I take the first 10% that is not mine, it belongs to God, then I am still in what is not mine, that is God's. A funny story. It has nothing to do with it. But years ago, I had a dear friend named Jack Garner. I don't know if you knew him or not. He was an evangelist. He was a big old mean Irish fighter. He was an ex-drunk, ex-con, ex-underworld figure. He got saved. And man, I'm telling you, he just fell in love with Jesus. He'd stand up and preach and just weep and cry. And during the invitation, he'd walk out there and he'll say, I was talking to you tonight. Now, why aren't you down at the altar? (laughs) Yeah. And I got saved and was following that kind of guy. I got surrendered to preach the night he was preaching. And uh, such a tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, dogmatic fellow. He told me, preacher, he said, I've laid in the gutter for days and days and days with DTs and withdrawal pains, trying to get out of the alcoholic, trying to get out of addicted uh, uh, area in my life. And he said, boy, when I got saved, Jesus just did a dose on me and I got Got saved all over. And he was one of them guys that preached and forward flyed his nose about three foot, you know. Uh, he'd go to a fellowship meeting and he'd throw his coat a mile and a half, eat a chicken and a half and preach for an hour and a half. You know him kind of guy. He just didn't care who got mad. You know, he just, man, he just laid it down the road. He told me this for a fact. One night he said I was preaching in a revival meeting and I was preaching on tithing. And I gave the invitation And a fellow came forward and said, Brother Garner, would you pray with me? Brother Garner said, yes, I'd love to pray with you. Brother Garner said, I got down on my knees and I looked at the man and I said, sir, what do you want me to pray with you about? And Brother Garner said, the guy looked at him and said, I want you to pray with me about tithing. Brother Jack said he jumped up to his feet and said, are you crazy? You want me to close my eyes, bow my head with my wallet in my back pocket, and you're stealing from God? (laughs) (laughs) I told you, I didn't say that. He said that. Don't get mad at me. But he's got something, has he? 
Yes. Sir, that's right. Amen. If a guy would steal from God, would he steal chickens? Yes, sir. Yeah. Man. Yep. Maybe I need to lock my chicken house tonight. <laughs> See, God just commands us to tithe. Number two, let me give you this. Tithing demonstrates priorities in your life. It demonstrates priorities to your life. You see, I just believe Matthew 6.33 when it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. Listen to somebody talk for just a minute and you'll know what their priorities are. Yeah, you will. You, you don't have to talk long. You don't have to listen long. I, I can figure out right away probably if you're tithing or not by talking to you and watching you. Why? Because your priorities will surface. Is that not so? And if I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then tithing demonstrates to God, to everybody who knows that I have God in number one place. Tithing does demonstrate my priorities. Is that not so? Tithing teaches us to keep God in the right place. Deuteronomy chapter 14. If you have your Bible there, I'll read it for you. And you say, well, preacher, Proverbs chapter number 14. I want to read this for you and it'll be a blessing to you. Do any of you have any trouble keeping priorities right? Now I do. Now I don't know about you, but I have problems keeping priorities right. Now why do you think God, do you think God doesn't know we have problems keeping priorities right? Look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter uh, uh, number 14, I think it is, and verse 22. Here it is, verse 22. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he had chosen to place his name there. Now look at the last phrase. That thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. Tithing keeps God on my mind. Amen. Tithing keeps me thinking in the right vein. Amen. Tithing keeps my priorities in right line. Is that not so? Yes, sir. You say, well, preacher, every time I go, I tithe. Yeah, but he means a little bit more often than every six months. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bring it when I come. Well, you ought not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And so, number two, tithing demonstrates my priorities. Number three, tithing reminds me that everything comes from God. Do you doubt that? Tithing reminds me that everything comes from God. Deuteronomy 8 and verse number 18, it says this. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God... For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. And that he may establish his covenant, which he sweareth unto thy fathers as it is this day. You need to realize from where everything comes and who owns everything. A minister preached a sermon one time and I 
wasn't me because I wouldn't do this. And he preached along the lines that everything belongs to God. Well, there's an old farmer, skeptical as he was, sitting in the auditorium. And he kind of got sideways. Kind of, you ever seen anybody get an attitude when you're preaching on money? Uh, if you haven't, just look around. <laughs> so the preacher sent me, the farmer said, I'll get even with the preacher. I'll take him home with me and show him my place. And so he took the preacher home for lunch that day. After they got through eating, the farmer took the preacher out to the barnyard and said, Preacher, I want you to look at this beautiful, well-groomed barnyard. Look at all them animals. Look at the fields and the crops. Look how neat, neat it is and how well kept and how groomed it is. And then he about half jokingly said to the preacher, Pastor, I've worked all my life on this land. Do you mean to tell me it's not my land? It's the Lord's land. Preacher looked at him and said, well, won't you ask me in a hundred years? Ask me whose land it is. Ask me if it belongs to God in a hundred years. By the way, yours won't belong to you in a hundred years either. You know what? Somebody owned it before you did. And somebody owned it before they did. And somebody rented it before they did. And somebody lived there before they did. And it'll all get back to the one who really owns it all. And that's the Lord. Come on now. And so when I tithe, I am reminded from whence everything comes in my life. Could I give you number four? Tithing expresses my gratitude to God for what he has done for me. What, the Bible said, the psalmist said, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits? Man, has God been good to us or what? Just one, just one view of the, uh, of the television and, and, and look at Haiti and look at uh, uh, Somalia and look at Africa and look at what they have compared to what we have. Man, hadn't God been good to us? And when I tithe, when I give each Sunday, I'm reminded that God has been good to me. Number five, tithing expresses my gratitude. Yeah. My gratitude. Man, we need... We need to show God that we are grateful. Fifthly, tithing expresses my love. The Bible said, if you love me, know what the rest of it is? Keep my commandments. First John, if you love me, keep my commandments. The wise man said, if you keep my commandments, I will give you long days, long life, and peace. Isn't that something? You know, I, I, I'm glad when I was a kid, I always looked young. You know, just, I don't know why. 
they still ask me for my ID to buy cigarettes, even today. (laughs) And I've lied all my life. I don't know why I've done that. But a lot of you kids, you look at yourself and said, man, I wish I had whiskers like the guy next door. No, you don't. Just wait. (laughs) Just look at that guy next door when he's about 30 or 40. He'll look like he's 60. You know, I just believe God means it when he says he'll lengthen our days. He'll lengthen our lives and they give us peace that passes on understanding. And so when I tithe, I'm expressing my love for God. Okay. Six. When I tithe, I'm refusing to steal from God. Flat out refusing to steal from God. Malachi 3, 8 through 10 talks about people who do not tithe are actually guilty of stealing from God. Because Leviticus 27 and verse 30 says that the tithe is not yours. It is holy unto the Lord. It is his. And you can't give anybody something that is not yours. When you tithe, you are given God what is his. And if you do not give him what is his, then he says that we're actually defrauding him, stealing from him. And so... These are the reasons I tithe. I tithe because God commanded it. Can anybody say amen? Amen. And now let me give you this. Not only did God command it, Abraham commenced it. That's before the law. That's Genesis 14 and verse 20. The Bible said and he gave tithes of all. God commanded it. Abraham commenced it and Moses commanded it. And Jesus commended it. And Paul encourages us to continue it in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2 where it says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by and store as God has prospered him. Why should I tithe? God commends it. Tithing demonstrates priorities in my life. And I've got news for you. Many of you are wrestling with priorities in your life tonight. You really don't know what it is. You're wrestling. You just can't hardly hang in there. You can't hardly be faithful. You can't hardly do it on a regular basis. Start tithing. You know why? Because your heart will be where your treasure is. Put your treasure in the right place and your heart will be there also. Is that not so? And that's the reason that I tithe. I don't know why you do or don't, but those are the reasons I do. God commands it. Tithing demonstrates priorities in my life. My kids, I bet you could not persuade one of my kids, six of them, that daddy did not tithe this week. I've been demonstrating to my kids for 45 years since the day I got saved. I've been demonstrated, demonstrating to my kids that God honors tithing and that is a priority in my life. I don't know how in the world you think you can create priorities in your kid's life if you do not example and show them that it's important in your life. 
kids are spasmodic. They're up and down, in and out, faltering here and there. And we wonder why in the world are they that way? Duh. Go home and look in a mirror. Tithing demonstrates priorities. Tithing reminds me that it's not mine. It's his. Everything. Tithing expresses my gratitude. Tithing expresses my love. And tithing keeps me and makes me refuse to steal from God. Amen. I thought those are all for good. Well, they didn't hardly make it up there, did they? But that's all right. So now why does God want me to give? That's the second thing I'd like to give. Why does God want me to give? What the benefits for me giving? Let me give them to you. I got six of them. Uh, that means when we get through tonight, we'll have a dozen. Amen. Six reasons why God wants me to tithe and six reasons why God wants me to give. You know, I believe God wants us to prove him. I believe God wants us to put God on the line and see if he'll come through. That's what he said. Prove me now here with saith the Lord. Now, these six reasons I jotted down for me, not for you, but I'm going to give them to you. This is why I try to regularly maintain a constant, regular, systematic system of giving. Number one, it makes me more like God. For God so loved this world that he did what? Here in his love, not that we love God, but that God sent his son to be a sacrifice, a propitiation for my sin. How in the world can I say that God is my father and not take on his attitude and his generous spirit? How in the world can a Christian claim to be Kin to such a gracious God and not be more like him on a regular basis. When we don't deserve it, God gives. When we belligerently disobey God, he brings the sun up every morning and he kisses our face. He blows the southern breeze in our face. He gives us life and breath and being. Isn't God good to us? And then we come to church and we show everybody who we're like. It's mine. I'm going to sit on it. Maybe it'll hatch. (laughs) I deserve all I can get and all I can can and all I can keep. And God is sitting in heaven with a generous spirit loading us daily with benefits, curing all of our diseases, forgiving all of our iniquities, and just blessing us day after day. The reason I give, ladies and gentlemen, is because it makes me more like God. And I know you say, well, you've got a long way to go. I know it. But tithing and giving helps me be more like God. Amen. Amen. 
Number two, draw, tithing draws me nearer to God. Giving draws me nearer to God. Giving makes me trust God. Giving puts my treasure at a certain place. And my treasure always draws my heart to that place. You know why I love this place? I've been supporting this place for 25 years. Now see, this is not my place. This is God's place. And I know this heart. Yes, sir. Do you know what kind of coon dog the tithe of 25 years would buy? (laughs) Come on, say amen. Some of you have been buying dogs and cats and meows and everything else all these years with God's offering. And you're in and out, up and down, no victory in your life, no souls, no fruit, no no shout, no jump, no leap. And you say, well, I don't know why. (laughs) Now, if you do that, you start speaking in tongues. You've got to have somebody next to you to interpret it. Okay. (laughs) Terrible when you wake them kids up in the service, buddy. I mean, they ain't no telling no telling what they may say. You know what? If they've been listening to mom and dad, no telling what they may say. <laughs> Tithing. Tithing makes me more like God. Giving makes me more like God because God gives. And giving draws me closer to God because where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. Giving is an antidote to materialism. Yeah. Tithing is an antidote. Giving is an antidote to materialism. The Bible talks about they that would be rich fall into divers temptation. Uh, Those that would be rich, those who have the philosophy and idea that materialism is going to make me happy and materialism will secure my nest and materialism will take care of my kids. Hey, I got news for you. No, it won't either. No, it won't either. It will lie to you kids the same way it's been lying throughout all generations. The devil's the daddy of it. And if you and I begin to give on a regular basis, I'll guarantee it is an antidote for materialism. You'll become faithful to God and serve God instead of mammon. You need to read Matthew chapter number six. It talks about. Man cannot serve two masters. You remember that? Either he will love one, hate the other, cling to one, flee from the other. Remember that? Cannot serve God and mammon. And then you know the next verse? The light of the body is the eye. And if thine eye be single, thy whole body is full of light. But if thy eye be evil and serve mammon and God, Thy whole body's full of darkness. Now, I don't care if you get mad at me. People who live in darkness always get mad at light because it manifests all the weird sin in their life. You can get mad and swell up like a toad frog if you want to. Not going to make me 
angry tonight. I'll go home and take a baby aspirin and have a lot of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm knocking on your door. Sir. Because you're all wrapped up in materialism thinking that materialism is going to make you happy and it is not going to make you happy. Because my Bible, the Lord Jesus said, if thine eye be single, thy whole body is full of light. The context is serving God and mammon. But if thine eye be evil and mammon and money is your God, then the whole body is full of darkness. And I preach on Sunday and you wonder why folk get mad at me. They're not mad at me. They're mad at the message. Yeah. Amen. Sir. But let me help you something. It's okay if you get mad if I talk about your God. I get mad if you talk about mine. Amen. Amen. You talk about Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to get upset. Sir. Yeah. So when I start talking about the God that you serve, yeah. you have a right to get mad at me. Amen. For all the good it'll do you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. See, I used to preach in evangelistic meetings and I didn't know what to preach on. I go into a church and I don't know what to preach on. Of course, the preacher would like to tell me and I wouldn't let him. I said, now don't tell me. He said, how are you going to know what to preach on? I said, well, I I do that like I was going hunting in the woods with a double barrel shotgun. (laughs) And I just walk through the woods and I see a hole and I shoot in that hole. If something runs out, I just use the other barrel on it. I think a little while ago when I was talking about money, something ran out. (laughs) Go ahead and smile, it'll help you. You say, I ain't coming back. Well, y'all leave happy, smile. (laughs) The thing probably that's causing more arguments in your home is your philosophy on money. Probably the thing that's making you more miserable than anything in the world is the thing that you think would make you happy. And it's your opinion of giving. Giving makes me more like Jesus. Giving makes me closer to Jesus. Giving is an antidote to materialism. Fourthly, giving strengthens my faith. Trust in the Lord. Throughout these years... I'd like to tell you that it's not always taken a lot of faith to give. In evangelism for years, without any support, with no credit cards. Many times, not enough gas to get to the next meeting. And many times the offering was so small, he wouldn't pay the expenses to get where I got. And I just give it back to the preacher and say, I need to sow something because this ain't going to go very far. And I just give it back to him. You say, did you do that maliciously? No, I believe you reap what you sow. And I'd like to tell you that it is not all that it has always been easy to put the tithe and to give above it to support missions and help the kids that was in the meeting. 
I usually gave the kids more money than a lot of time I got for love offerings. You say, why did you do that? Because I like kids to have a good idea of the preacher. I like for the kids to come up with the idea that everybody's not on the take, that everybody loves somebody, that somebody can emulate the Lord maybe just a little bit and take time, sit down and look at them in the eye and love them like they really need to be loved. I'd like to tell you that it's always been easy to give, but it hadn't. Because many times I would come to my own understanding and I'd say, well, naught equals naught equals naught, naught equals naught, and all of this equals naught. (laughs) You ever been that way? But constant, regular giving builds my faith. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thy own and stand in all thy ways. Acknowledge him. He will direct thy paths. I believe that, don't you? Honor the Lord with the substance and the first fruits of thine increase so that the barns may be filled. Years ago, I went to three revival meetings. Each meeting gave me $100. I didn't even pay my expenses there. Ginger and I had just been married and she wasn't used to living by faith. She was used to living by week to week with a paycheck. I come home one week and I, she said, what was the offering? I said, oh, it was a hundred. I gave it back. She said, what? I gave it back. Next week I went down to Whitney. They gave me a hundred and I gave it back. I came home. What was the offering? hundred. I gave it back. Next week, a couple of hundred, I gave it back. Look, I had so many bills, that wasn't going to help much. (laughs) You catch my drift? I done spent more gas and eaten more hamburgers and chicken than that in three weeks. And I said, honey, listen, I believe you reap what you sow. And God's checking our water. And I left there and went to Holland, Michigan. Dr. House was a pastor then. And I preached that week and Doc gave me almost $3,000 love offering. And had to fight the deacons to do it. Because when the deacons counted the offering, they said that bird ain't worth all that money that came in. But Doc said we took it up for him and told him that every penny came in went to him. And you're going to give it to him. And I left that place with enough money to clear the whole smear. Giving helps build our faith. And without faith, it's impossible. Please God. Is that not so? So you say, well, preacher, I can't afford to give. That's when you need to give. He said, preacher, I don't have a lot. God ain't looking for a lot. He's looking for obedience. He's looking for faith. He's looking for love. He's looking for devotion. He's looking for somebody who'll put God on the line and say, yes, sir. I'm going to do what God says. Amen. Giving is an investment in eternity. First Timothy 6, verse 18 and 19 talks about investing in eternity. Now, my wife and I 
we got a Roth IRA. I think we had one 10 years ago. I don't even look anymore. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. I got a little stock, and it gets a littler every week. Come on. Amen. Raising them right. But you know, every penny I've invested in this church and in this Lord's work, it's drawing tremendous interest in Him. I got a notice the other day of a little interest. Started out, dear brother Gene. Forty years ago, you preached a sermon entitled, Behold the Man. He said, I was set into the service that day. And you made that sermon live. And I beheld the man Christ Jesus that day. And I walked down the aisle and got saved. I'm writing you from Brazil. I've been here 38 years as a missionary. And I just wanted to thank you. Amen. For your investment. In my life. Given. Invest in eternity. Can he give you this one? Giving makes me happy. Amen. It's more blessed to give than to receive. None of this is none of this is earth shaking tonight. But it sure worked on me for forty five years. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm not going to give. Yeah, you're going to give. You're going to give it one way or another. I went to see a friend of mine down in Fort Worth at the hospital. This actually happened. And I said, sir, what are you doing in here? He said, I've had my tithe taken out. That's what he told me. I said, sir, what are you doing in here? He said, I'm having my tithe taken out. Yeah, you're going to tithe. One way or another, God will get his. Church treasure resigned years ago. Of course, the church is in a mess. It's always in a mess when somebody resigns, I guess. If they're not in a mess, everybody says it's a mess just to make everybody think it's a mess. So the deacons didn't know what to do, and I'm done. So they thought to themselves, this Chinese grocer down the street has a tremendous business. Why don't we just go down and we'll ask him to manage the money and the funds at the church a while because his business is doing wonderfully. And so everybody agreed. And so they went down to the Chinese store and asked the man, said, uh, uh, would you manage our money and and, and, and administrate. And the Chinese man said, yes, I will, under one condition, 
that you do not ask me one question until next year as report time comes and we'll report on the finances. Everything went along fine and the year, year ended and they had their yearly financial meeting. And to their astonishment, the Chinaman had uh, paid off a $5,000 loan. He had uh, supported missions on a regular basis on, and had also had a plus account, something like $1,500 in the checking account. And the congregation was overwhelmed. How in the world could he do that? They said nobody wanted to ask. So finally one courageous man stood to his feet and said, well, tell me how in the world you did all of that in just one year. Quietly, the storekeeper explained, all of you buy groceries at my store. Yes. Yes. All of you want credit at my store. Yes. Yes. I give you credit, he said. Yes. They said, yes. I give you my bill at the end of the month. Yes. And they said, yes. You pay your bill on time at my store. Yes. They said, yes. You cannot read my writing. Yes. They said, yes. I've been charging you 10% interest. All year, yes. All of you been tithing and didn't even know it. Yes. 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 God has a plan. And if everybody does what God says, then there'll be meat in God's house. And God will pour out a blessing and the offerings will grow as your financial base grows and the offerings will grow as your financial base grows. And you'll have to admit a lot of folks here embrace these principles and that's because you're where you are this evening. Now that's why I give and I hope you'll embrace the same attitude because God will bless it if you do.